You're listening to OEA Grow, a member-led production of the Oregon Education Association and a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. OEA Grow is by members for members. In Season 7, members discuss special education with Venus Reeve. Welcome back to OEA Grow Season 7. I'm your host, Venus Reeve, and this season we are exploring special education. In today's episode, we are speaking with Sam Ailey and Kelly Gill from South Coast Education Service District. Thank you both for being here today. Before we dive into talking about education service districts or ESDs, would you tell us a little bit more about yourselves and your roles as special educators? And uh, Kelly, would you kick us off? Sure. So I'm Kelly Gill, and I have been working at South Coast ESD for 16 years. I first started out as an autism specialist for eight of those years, and I decided I wanted to change. So I went back to school and became a teacher of the visually impaired and a certified orientation mobility specialist. So I did about nine years autism, and I'm on my seventh year as a vision teacher orientation mobility specialist. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my name is Sam Ailey. I'm a school psychologist, and I started off in Portland Public Schools. And this is my 17th year at South Coast ESD, and I predominantly do psychoeducational evaluations, some behavior support plans, threat assessment, and some crisis counseling. Fantastic. We have a a wide range of experience and knowledge in the room today. Thank you both. So let's just jump right in. What are educational service districts? What is this ESD that we hear about? (laughs) That's always a good question. (laughs) People ask us that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You want me to start, Kelly? By reading this yeah, small paragraph. Yeah, go for, it. Go. Okay, yeah, go for the history paragraph. part, Sam. <laughs> just a small, this is a small paragraph. And this was, I believe this was written by our previous superintendent when she was getting her doctorate. And basically okay. it says that education service, service districts originated in Oregon's first laws establishing a general system of common schools. Um, we became known as education service districts in 1977. And the the mission of ESDs has remained somewhat constant and that's education service districts assist school districts in the state of Oregon, achieving Oregon's education goals by providing excellent and equitable educational opportunities for all Oregon public school students. And there are 20 ESDs serving Oregon's 36 counties. And now a more practical definition would be this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, pro- we provide services that, for example, uh, Power School District is a small school district and they do not need a full-time school psychologist. They only need 0.1 of a school psychologist. So I serve 0.1 of my caseload in Power and then I'll serve 0.3 in Bandon. I serve 0.5 in Myrtle Point, and then we, we you, you break it all up and you get a 1.0 FTE. So basically we provide services to districts that don't need a, maybe they don't need a full-time school psychologist. And oh, uh, I think I'm screwing up here. <laughs> I'm becoming no, self-conscious, sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, 
No, you're making sense, Sam. Yep. That's basically what we do is yeah. ESDs provide yeah. special needs, special ed services to districts okay. that don't want to have the money or the need to have their own personal full-time employee. So like an autism consultant will serve many districts because one district doesn't have enough kids in that one district where they're going to hire their own. Instead, they're going to have an autism consultant come in or a deaf and hard of hearing teacher, an occupational therapist, a physical therapist, a vision teacher, orientation mobility specialist. Um, yeah, that's all of us, right? Yeah. <laughs> or audiologist. I mean, so there are all these different regional programs and early childhood, early intervention. We do all these, those kind of all go through ESDs and the districts purchase the services if it's a purchase service. If not, then it's free to a district. Like regional low incidence disabilities are free to districts. They don't have to pay for it. You mentioned early childhood. You go all the way through um, 12 up to 21. You serve students. So we do birth to 21. Birth to 21. So I, as a, yeah, as a vision teacher and mobility specialist, I am the one and only for the whole South Coast. And so I serve birth to 21 and we serve 10 districts on the South Coast. Oh, wonderful. I would imagine that it would be really difficult to find your specialty in a rural district without access to an education yes. service district. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly. that, my understanding. Yeah. That's exactly why ESDs were developed was to help out the rural districts. Yeah. And so there are 20, 20 ESDs for 36 counties. So there's some doubling up of counties as yes. well. Um, is it fairly traditional that you have a wide range like that? Yeah, dep- depending on the the, rur- the ruralty of it all, if that, that's a word. Um, so like we yeah. serve west, yeah, we serve Western Douglas, Coos County, and Curry County. So we have yeah. two and a eighth of counties. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so and then there's like Lynn Benton Lincoln ESD. Lynn Benton. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry, Sam. I, I think we were saying the same thing. A lot of different collaboration. How do you how do you make that work? We talk. Well, like for example, <laughs> for, for the school psychologists, we we uh, there's two school psychologists and one educational consultant, and we divvy up the labor over the various school districts so that I'm in charge of a certain number of schools. My colleague Joe is in charge of a certain number of schools. And then our colleague Lisa is in charge of a certain number of schools and a certain repertoire of skill sets. And so we divvy it up that way. That's how, that's how we go about providing services as school psychologists. So you kind of just spoke to um, how they are structured a little bit from the school psychologist collaborative, and you said consultant as well? Yeah, educational Um, consultant. And so is that kind of what you experienced, Kelly, in your role, that kind of um, you and another person are, are collaborating a lot to serve these various different districts? Do you have? Um, uh, so for me, myself, I am the only one in our at our ESD in our area as the vision teacher and the mobility specialist. So I do two jobs. I'm one person mm-hmm. <laughs> and I serve all 10 school districts, birth to 21. Um, but other like 
other ESDs and other areas where there's multiple vision teachers or multiple mobility specialists, they will do the same kind of thing like Sam talked about with school psychologists is they will break up the caseload so that there's um, an evenness like along the caseloads. And so like, you know, one vision teacher might take like up at LBL, I know that there's one that does the coast like Newport Lincoln city and she's also the mobility specialist. And then she does part of Corvallis because she lives in Corvallis. Where another one, he does part of Corvallis, he does the other part of Corvallis and does Philomath. And then there's an Albany. And then there's another one that goes over and does Sweet Home in Lebanon. And then there's one that does like Brownsville and et cetera, all those areas. So they break it up. So they're all kind of going in one area. They're not having to cross over lots of different districts. So. But, you know, like Portland Public School District is where the ESD is up there and the vision teachers, they go all the way from, I mean, they travel a huge area because they serve a couple different counties up there. So, but yeah, we kind of just break it all up so it's the caseloads are even. So that kind of makes me wonder, how does a student become eligible? Is it a, is it by student? Is it? Um, kind of district to district has their own way of, of um, contracting with an ESD. What does that look like? So it depends on the, the child's needs and you don't qualify for ESD services. You qualify for services and they're either provided by an ESD or a school district. You qualify for special education through the district and then the whoever provides the services, that would either be the district personnel or sometimes it's ESD personnel. Uh, so if a student were found to be eligible for uh, blind or visually impaired, is that the right phrase, Kelly, visually yes. impaired? Yep. Then yep. <laughs> Kelly would then provide services on the student's IEP. So the students are, the students are school district students. That's the school districts, they belong to them. And then the districts, depending on the service, either purchase the service from an ESD or they get the service for free, like deaf and hard of hearing, vision, mobility, autism consult, and some orthopedic impairments, so OTPT needs, are quote unquote free to a district. It's a gr- they're funded by a grant from the state. And okay. so districts don't have to pay for that those services. They get them for free from this grant. Where other services like nursing, school psychologists, autism evaluation, adaptive life skills programs, um, and other occupational therapy and physical therapy needs, the districts have to purchase those services from an ESD. Mm-hmm. And then, so they basically, they look at how many kids they have at child count and they say, okay, I have all these kids that have all these different types of services. This is what they had last year. This is how much I'm going to purchase from the ESD for this next school year. So it's all based off of whatever is on the IEP. Uh, and yeah. I'm understanding a lot more now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, no yeah, it's it's interesting to be you know working in the in the special education field um, and have kind of these fringe understandings, but not really a true. Um, idea of what an, an educational service district is and who you serve and how you serve. Um, so I feel like I'm being very enlightened. And I'm curious, what are some of the, the greatest difficulties that you guys are finding are facing ESTs right now? Um, I will tell you from my perspective, it's finding people. 
uh, finding qualified mm. personnel to come down and do the jobs. There just aren't enough school psychologists, teachers of the visually impaired, teachers of the deaf and hard of hearing, occupational therapists, autism specialists, speech language pathologists, life skills teachers. We just can't find enough to staff our programs. So we're constantly um, robbing Peter to pay Paul or doing extra duty mm. contracts so that we can meet the needs of the districts. That, that's, to me, that's our greatest challenge. And our other greatest challenge is, since I, I'm a part of the regional grants that comes from the state, it's the funding that the state is allowing to go to regional grants. We have been underfunded for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the regional program statewide is really trying to get them to the state to fund more so that we can get more qualified people so that we, we can serve the so we can get more people so we can give better services. And so funding is a big thing. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully fingers crossed. Um, some of these things yeah. coming through the and, legislature. Can I interject here just a tiny bit? Please. Yeah. I, I think it's important that we, we draw the line between a, a rural ESD, like South Coast ESD, is might have a totally yes. different service plan than an urban ESD like mm-hmm. Multnomah or uh, Willamette yes. ESD that serves Salem or Lane ESD. Um, and so each ESD, they meet with their component school districts annually, and they develop what's called a local service plan. And they kind of have to like have like different categories they have to provide, like special education, technology, or school improvement. And so it's it, an ESD can be very reflective of what its component districts need. So Multnomah mm-hmm. might have a totally different service plan than what the South Coast has. Yeah, because the big, like the bigger cities will have their own, the districts will have their own money so they can have their own employees that are doing some of these services that ESDs will do in the rural areas. So they might have enough money to hire their own school psychologist or their own autism consultant or um, their own OT, PT or speech pass. So yeah, like Sam said, it's very dependent on the size of the Mm -hmm. districts, the counties and what is the Uh need. But, but, but we do, we do work with our component school districts to make a local service plan that meets the needs of the South coast. So each ESD will have its own service plan. Mm -hmm. So really responsive to the needs in that area and what's already available for that particular county or school district and how the education service district can kind of fill in those components that are a student and a family may need but may not be provided X, Y, Z reason at that county or public school. Mm -hmm. It sounds very much like special education, very individualized and targeted to the needs of the student. (laughs) It is, yeah. A local service plan could be called uh, an ESD's IEP. It's its its own IEP. The local service plan is our district, is an ESD's IEP. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so fascinating. Or the district's um, IEP. Yeah, because they have to take data on it and show growth and mm-hmm. improvements and, oh, <laughs> and wow. what we need to work on next year kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we, provi- we provide data as school psychologists about our caseload. And then our caseload numbers are then presented to the districts. And then they use that data to determine how big of an order they want to make for school psychs next year. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and occupational, <laughs> occupational therapists and physical therapists do the same thing because part of their service is 
free, quote unquote, free to the district. And the other part is the districts purchased it. So they need to say, I've used this much time. I've read this many months. I've had this many kids. I've done this many evals, blah, blah, blah. And then they have to show that to the school district to say, okay, this is why you're paying this much money for this much service, because this is what they did. And this is what they're predicting they're going to do the following year. So it's all data driven. The idea of it being, you know, your present levels and, you know, here is is the progress made on last year's goals and kind of uh, a bigger IEP idea. I, I really like that. It puts it in context for me that I, I can grapple with as a special education teacher. Like, I know those categories. So um, it sounds like in these wonderful ways that you are serving students and serving um, districts that wouldn't have access to these services and uh, for students, what are some of the successes that you've had uh, that you'd be willing to share with us? We were successful a few years ago in implementing a suicide prevention response program called QPR, Question, Persuade, Refer. And the ESD was able to, uh, the, the districts had a need. We were able to find the training and then and then push it out into the districts and get everybody QPR certified or anyone that wanted to be, we got them QPR certified. Mm-hmm. We've been able to set up a successful threat assessment program that it, which developed, it was developed by John Van Drill in the Salem Kaiser school district, but we now use it down here on the South coast. And we've been able to change it from a more urban type of threat assessment plan to a more rural one that, that combines uh, the different facets of a level one, level two threat assessment into one threat assessment down that we can use in a rural area. And then we've also helped provide a crisis response when uh, students have either passed away or staff have passed away. And I've, I'm proud of that work. <laughs> yeah. You should Those are some of my, of my successes. Yeah. <laughs> those are huge. Really being able to have an yeah. impact on yeah. those critical areas. Um, bravo. Thank Kelly, you. did oh, you Kelly? have any that, that came to mind? <laughs> Put you on the spot? Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I have a hard time thinking like that. Um, I know I'm, I moved here and, and I, you know, at one point wanting to have a change in what I did, it was nice that I was able to stay at the ESD and the ESD supported me and going back to school and changing my career path and moving right into the role. Um, I really enjoy that I, being in this vision teacher role is I get to see, I get to be with kids from birth all the way up till they graduate from high school. So I kind of become part of their family member. So that's kind of, I really I love that aspect. I feel like I'm actually making a difference in these kids' lives. And anytime like my kids have big growth, I it's it's like my own kid. I even call them my kids. And my daughter is always like, they're not your kids. I'm like, no, honey, they are. <laughs> they're, they're mine. And so, I mean, <laughs> I... And on all of my families, let me call them my kids. So it's pretty nice. I have that kind of relationship uh-huh. with them. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't have any really specific like things like Sam that Sam's done. But I just every day I have moments of like, oh, okay, this is why I get up in the morning and I do this. Like it's I uh-huh. I just love watching my kids. Um, figure out something and do something right and gain more independence and, and have their own little personal victories is, is a lot of fun. 
So that's huge. To, to Kelly's point, uh, I would say that the fact that, that we were able to take uh, our, our autism specialist, Kelly, and grow our own in-house and get her the education she needed so that she could be a teacher of the visually impaired and to see how uh, how good she has filled the shoes of our previous uh, teacher of the visually impaired. And so I would say that was a, a success, that we were able to grow our own. <laughs> yeah. Our previous vision teacher mobility specialist had been there for 30 some years. So she mentored me and, yes. and helped me get to where I am. Mm. So that level of consistency was probably a real boon to both your coworkers and the families you serve. Yeah. I, my autism families were very bummed that I was not going to be with them anymore, but then I told them I wasn't leaving and I was still going to see them and their kids around. They were like, oh, okay, this is fine then you can, you can move <laughs> on. <laughs> and so, yeah. And it's kind of nice. I mean, I don't like being the one and only, um, but I do in the sense where they're my kids and so I don't have to think about, oh, they're going to a different vision teacher next year or a different mobility specialist. It's like, nope. Hi, I'm Kelly, your vision teacher and O&M specialist. I will be with you yeah. till the death of, I mean, high school. So, <laughs> <laughs> And the families are all like, yeah. oh, that's yeah. nice. Okay, good. <laughs> so, but it's also yeah. kind of cool, like in my role, because I'm technically, there's a whole weird um stream of money the way things happen and so technically the vision is fun that funding for me is funneled through lbl esd so lynn lincoln esd and so that team up there there's four vision teacher mobility specialists and they um let me i have virtual meetings with them monthly and i'm kind of part of their team and family so i don't feel always alone so when we're talking about purchasing things, we're like, okay, what can we all use? And we'll share things and we go to conferences together. And so that's, it's kind of nice how we're able to do that. Cause my field is so small. <laughs> There's not many of us. <laughs> I've had that network of your colleagues here in Oregon to help support um, you and not having to be the one and only all the time. Yeah. It's nice. It makes me feel good. I'm like, oh, okay. You have the same struggles I have. Oh, you had the same wins I had. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sam, it sounds like you are often the one and only for several locations um, in, that you serve several school districts. Yes. Uh, and it's so hard to retain staff down here. And I've been like, mm -hmm. I've been here for 17 years. I've been like the one school psychologist that's just been here. And so I'm always constantly yep. onboarding school psychs or onboarding educational consultants. They come for a year, they leave. Uh, a lot of them are young and they, are just, mm -hmm. uh, they, they like to travel and they come here for a year, they hang out and then they go. So yeah, I'm, I'm frequently called for pretty much any kind of an emergency type situation and yeah. That that can be it's an that's both an honor and it is also draining. <laughs> so yeah. but having some depth of bench or, or people that you can lean on, um, I imagine makes a huge bit of difference. And um, the retention recruitment sounds like something too that an education service district really is is faced with as a big part of the challenges that you deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people not knowing what an ESD is. 
and thinking that, you know, they have to be a district employee, not an ESD employee and really understanding what it is that we do. I think you guys have, have helped a lot of folks today understand a little bit more, myself included. Um, it also sounds like if you want a place to grow and learn and develop your skills as an educator, as a specialist, as a school psychologist in the special education field, you may want to check out an education service district. Yeah, come on down to the South Coast. We have beautiful weather and <laughs> we have a great team. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I would say to anyone that it's one of the most beautiful settings you will ever work in. And if you're a school psych down here, Mm -hmm. you get to see the sand dunes, the forests, you get to see lakes and river valleys and the beautiful Pacific Ocean all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hear that? This goes nation and worldwide. So anyone out there who's looking to come to beautiful Oregon, we've got a spot for you. You need an educational consultant and a psychologist. (laughs) <laughs> looking for them right now no oh, no worries no worries this is important this is how the work gets done right uh hopefully someone yeah. will hear this yeah. Sam and and kelly yeah. and and be be dialing you up after after the podcast and get more information mm-hmm. you make it highly enticing <laughs> it is a beautiful place <laughs> i mean sam and i are we've been there we're on the we're on the top tier of being there the longest. And I mean, I can't speak yeah. for him, but I know the reason I've stayed for so long is, and this is the longest I've stayed anywhere, is that it's like a family. It's another family. And mm-hmm. um, we all support each other wholeheartedly and we're there for each other. And um, it's, it's a beautiful area. So... Yeah. Maybe. No, you spoke it's for just... me very nicely, Kelly. Uh, the reason I have stayed <laughs> is because of my coworkers. Kelly is right next to me. She's in the office directly next to me. I have known Kelly off. for 16 years. <laughs> she is a sister to yeah. me almost. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. my department specifically, the <laughs> occupational therapists and physical therapists and the autisms, but we all are on the same office area. And yes, they're kind of what keeps me sane and has kept me sane, especially through the pandemic and some of the leadership changes we've been through. So, yeah. Very, they, they're very valuable. <laughs> and, that, and you did speak for me, Kelly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thought so, but yeah. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's nice to be reminded of, of the power of the difference we make for each other as well for the families and the students that we serve. So, yeah. yeah. Appreciate that. Um, do you have anything that you that I didn't ask you that you'd like to share about before we wrap it up? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think we went over all of the careers at the ESD, but I, I did kind of make a list of of the different types Ooh. of specialists here, just in case anybody wants to know the the depth and breadth of what the South Coast ESD hires. And if you don't mind, I'll just yeah. list it real fast. There are there are school psychologists, yeah. a teacher of the visually impaired, teachers of the deaf and hard of hearing, occupational therapists, physical therapists speech-language pathologists, augmentative communication, counselors, um, speech-language pathologists that deal with early intervention only, speech-language pathologists that do kindergarten through 12 in the various schools throughout our region. And then we also have administrative administration, instructional assistants, and physical therapy assistants, and early intervention teachers, life skills teachers, 
early childhood special education teachers. <laughs> That's the depth and breadth we also, that I could come up with. We also have nursing. We also oh, have nurses. Oh, thank you. We Boy, provide, how could I yeah, forget we, nurses? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 We also have technology. We have our own technology services, and our ESD does uh, uh, finances for some districts, like pay, like the paycheck service, um, okay. payroll. Yes. That's the word I'm looking payroll. for. Uh, we do that for several districts across the state at RESD. Um, and then there's wow. a curriculum department that works on curriculum for districts, um, loaning out curriculum. Mm. But then there's another like parent hub that it was created a couple years ago. So they're doing outsourcing, yeah. reaching for supports for families um, who are new parents, young parents, uh, giving trainings and classes and stuff like that. I feel like yeah. every time we unpack a layer, there's this whole other layer beneath it of all of the things that an ESD can offer and does and all the people that make up an education service district. And wow, I had no idea. Yeah. And like Sam said earlier, and it thank really you is so much, depending Kelly. on your component <laughs> areas. Yeah. And what the actual need is. Yeah. Thanks for remembering technology payroll and the parenting pod and the nurses, because I can't believe I forgot. I, thank you for being here to, to remember those. For me. <laughs> That's okay. It's why we're both here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for being here. I really appreciate you um, sharing your knowledge with us and I look forward to sharing your knowledge with everyone who's listening. Have a great day. For more OEA professional learning opportunities, visit grow.oregonad.org.